Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey everybody, how you doing? Joel McCall here. And the last video I did, I kind of talked about the big picture, where we are in the economy, what I feel like is important for us to do as real estate investors to be prepared to survive and to thrive in this market, to see where the opportunity is going. I talked a lot about how every crisis comes an equal amount of opportunity. And the opportunity is out there if you're willing to go look for it and search for it. You know, there's this whole concept of who moved my cheese? I remember reading that book a long time ago and the cheese is definitely moving right now. And I'm not gonna predict what's gonna happen the market ahead, but I'm telling you this, the market has changed, the cheese has moved, and we need to go find out where it is. So the next couple, three videos that I'm going to do, I'm going to be teaching you about some important things you need to focus on in this market if you are a real estate investor. And this applies even if you're a realtor or if you're in the realtor business. We need to be shifting the market is changing. We need to change with it. And I think there's three really important things that you need to be focused on in this market. Number one, you need to learn how to make multiple offers to sellers. If you're just a one trick offer pony, like a cat, all you make is cash offers, you're going to be really struggling. I'm going to show you right now in this video how to make multiple different offers. I'm going to give you a calculator and stuff like that. The other thing is, this applies especially if you're a realtor and or an investor. You need to be focused on your buyers. You need to be focused on finding buyers and then offering solutions and alternatives to them because financing is going to be getting harder and harder. Money from hard money lenders, private money lenders, banks, lending institutions, that stuff is drying up really, really quickly and a lot of it already has. The third thing I'm going to be talking about is following up. And I'm going to give you strategies, real simple, specific, powerful strategies for follow-up. Follow-ups are becoming more and more important. So I'm going to be teaching about these things. But right now I'm going to be talking about how to make multiple offers. And Oh, by the way, yeah, if you want this mind map, just text the word FLIP to 313131. Text the word FLIP to 313131. 131 to get this mind map. You can also go, if you don't want to do that, you can just go to flipmindmap.com. Let me write this in here, flipmindmap.com. All right. But the easiest thing to do is right from your phone, go to text the word flip to 313131. The system will send you back a link. You click on that link and it'll ask you for your email address. So I can email you this mind map. Now you're going to want this mind map because I'm giving you a lot of resources in here that you're going to want to go back to and refer and use. All right. So listen, Sellers are more open now than ever to creative financing offers. I'm talking about owner financing, seller financing, seller carryback, rent to own, lease purchase, you know, owner, did I say owner financing? Yeah. So a lot, they're open to more creative offers and the more options you can give to the seller, the more deals you're going to do. If you want to go from getting one out of every 30 or 40 offers accepted to maybe three or four out of every 30 or 40 accepted or offers that you make getting three or four accepted, right? You need to be able to give them more than just one cash offer at 60, 70 cents on the dollar. So here's the problem. A lot of investors that are wholesalers, you know, that are still in the game, their buyers are telling them, hey, I'm going to be, I need to be less. I'm, I'm going to be offering less for these properties. So you're going to have to then offer less on the deals too. So you need to be able to give sellers more different options. So why not give sellers whatever price they want? As long as they're willing to wait for it, you can get it to them. It's this whole price versus terms thing. I tell sellers, I can get you the price you want if you give me the terms you want. If you're willing to wait, 
wait for it, I'll give you the price you want. But if you don't want to wait very long, then I'll give you the price that I need to be at to give you your terms. So it's either price or terms. Let the sellers pick, right? And I also think it's really important in this market to be thinking about making a quick nickel versus a slow dime. You see, you know, if you're an investor and your business is rehabbing, fix and flips, if it's even buy and hold, I, mean, I would encourage you right now to start thinking more about quick nickel strategies rather than a slow dime. Does that make sense? So I like wholesaling. Now, here's the cool thing. You don't have to just wholesale cash deals, offers, you know, cash offers. You can wholesale lease options. You can wholesale seller financing. You may wholesale them to another investor. If you get an owner financing deal, you may wholesale the lease option to a tenant buyer. You can wholesale properties to retail buyers, right? Or if you're a realtor, again, just traditional listings and stuff like that. So I'm going to be talking about how to make multiple offers on two different categories, cheaper houses and nicer houses. Now this depends. It's varies. It's different on where you are. Typically in the Midwest and most parts of the country, if you exclude the East and West coast, you know, homes, medium price range, maybe 200, 150 to $200,000, right? So for cheaper houses, that would be, those would be the kinds of houses that landlords buy for cash flow. Generally speaking, in most of the good cash flowing markets, these are properties that are going to be under $100,000, okay? And so I like to give sellers three different options when it comes, when they have, if they have a cheaper property. Cash prices, seller financing with interest-only payments, and seller financing with principal-only payments, all right? Now, there's various methods. I'm going to show you this in my calculator right here that I'm going to give to you. Various ways to make cash offers. I want to encourage you to keep this super simple. One of the easiest ways is the average of the lowest sold. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're looking for, this is works better for properties that need work. And you just take it, you're just going to take the average of the three to five lowest solds recently. And I'm going to show you how to do this in an, exa in an example. The average of that times 80%. That's a quick, simple way to do that. And then there's the rent times something strategy. And this is good for rental types of properties. Again, you take the monthly rent maybe times 55 or 45 minus repairs. So each area has a different number. You're just going to have to kind of figure it out. And note, I'm going to be talking about this too. Like for repairs, I'm just making my initial offer. I keep it real simple. $5, $10, $15 a square foot based on the amount of work it needs, maybe $20 a square foot. And you can vary and change that. But the point of this is make real simple, quick, fast offers. You don't want to be spending more than five, 10 minutes on coming up with the initial offer to the sellers. Okay. And then there's the ROI method for determining a cash offer. This works good with rentals. Again, what is the return on investment? What's the cash on cash return that investors are looking for? Each part of town is different, right? Um, there's areas of St. Louis where I am, where, you know, investors are going to want 15%, but there's other areas that are nicer, more expensive. Investors are going to be happy to get 8%, 10%. So you kind of need to know what that is in your area. And I'm going to give you some examples and a spreadsheet for how to do that. Now, one thing that's important to note, when you're making your cash offers, you need to always compare the offer you come up with to what current properties are actively listed for. So you want to make sure you're not trying to flip or wholesale your property for higher than what the lowest comps are. And I'm going to show you how to do that. Okay. And then there's seller financing interest only payments that goes without explaining pretty simple. And you can make seller financing principal only payments. So let's look at an example deal, shall we? I'm going to open up my seller financing calculator here. Now, this is kind of complicated because I got a lot of numbers in here. And uh, you got to be careful with spreadsheets because spreadsheets can tell you anything you want a spreadsheet to tell you, right? And if you're weak with spreadsheets, then, you know, uh, just... I don't know what to tell you, but this is how I like to come up with offers. I like to put it up and put them in spreadsheets. You can also get a yellow pad of paper. And just once you learn how to do this, you can do this on a yellow pad of paper. So don't think that you have to have a calculator like this to come up with offers. I'm just going to show you how this works. Typically, you just fill in the 
yellows, the things that are in yellow, and it'll spit out three or four different offers for you. And I have different ways to come up with your cash offers and stuff like that. So I'm going to walk you through this spreadsheet here. Again, if you want this spreadsheet, text the word FLIP to 313131. And also when you get this spreadsheet, you're only going to have view access only. You only you only can view it. You can't get in there and edit it. So when you get this link, you'll need to go to file, either make a copy or download it as a spreadsheet. All right. Please don't send me a request for permission to uh, access whatever. You'll If you're logged in, you'll see a button here that says request permission to edit or something like that. I get three or four or five of those a day. I ignore them. I delete them. I wish I could get, not have it send that to me. But so don't send me a request to access this. You need to go file, make a copy, download as a spreadsheet. Make sense? All right. So this example deal is a property I just found at random earlier in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Here's the Zillow link. And here is the Redfin link of the property. Okay. Let's just kind of show you this. This is a uh, good rental neighborhood, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I got students doing deals there right now. It's a great cash flowing market. This is a great market where you can buy really good rental properties that cash flow. It's a strong market, strong economy. And I like Oklahoma a lot, right? And so for some, I found this property and the seller is interested in a cash offer, but he's not super motivated. You know, he's just like, yeah, maybe I'll sell it if the price is right. Uh, send me an offer, right? He's not super motivated. And so I'm going to send him a couple different options. I might find, I might send him a cash offer and say, listen, if that doesn't work, I might be able to get you closer to what you're asking for if you'd be willing to do some seller carryback financing. All right. So this is Redfin. Now you'll see Redfin gives a rest estimate, a red fin estimate of 72,000. Zillow gives her an estimate of about 61,000, but I'm not too worried about those right now. Now the way this calculator works here, uh, hold on, let me get a drink of water. Here's to the St. Louis Cardinals. Hopefully they play this year. All right. So this is a calculator and I have three different options that I like to give to sellers, a cash offer, seller finding interest only and seller financing principal only payments. And let's say the seller says, yeah, I'm, you know, I might sell it for 60 or you kind of get a feeling that's kind of what they want. Cause this property, again, Zillow says it's worth 61. Redfin says it's 72. Who knows? I mean, maybe the seller says I I'd sell it if you gave me a offer for 65, whatever you put that in there. All right. Now I know in this area, investors are looking for 13% ROI. Now ROI is return on investment. And this is the ROI method. What I'm doing right here. This is basically saying if I buy it for this and I sell it to an investor for that, after all their expenses, vacancies, management, maintenance, repairs, taxes, insurance, they should make 13% on their money. All right. That's kind of the theory of this. And the way I like to do it is by square, I estimate my repairs by square foot. So there's 920 square foot on this thing. And I'm just figuring five bucks a square foot for repairs. And this property, if you look at these pictures are old, so it's probably going to need some paint and carpet or some kind of cleaning and landscaping or something like that. So I do $5 a square foot. If it needs more Cosmetic, then maybe $10 a square foot. Full gut rehab, maybe 20. It depends on the market, right? So I'm figuring about 4,600 for repairs. The gross rents are about 850. How do I know that? Well, if uh, rent's estimate says 850, I'm just going to go with that. Again, I want to do this real fast. Eventually, you can get a virtual assistant to do this for you, right? So the rent, I figure, I like to figure about 40% for expenses. Again, that's vacancies, management, maintenance, repairs, taxes, and insurance. So my net annual cash flow on this thing, my net cash flow every year is going to be about $6,100. And I want to make about a $10,000 wholesale fee. Always shoot for 10. Don't shoot for three or 5,000. Try to get 10. If you don't, you're not going to get it if you don't ask for it. I'm figuring about $1,000 closing costs for my end buyer. So that means he works the numbers here. Just don't worry about the calculations. Just this is kind of the way it works. If I offer $31,477 to the seller and I sell it to my end buyer, my investor for $41,000, 
$477. After all their expenses and repairs and closing costs and vacancies and maintenance and management repairs, their first year, they should make 13% on their money. That's how I calculate this offer. Cool. So again, this kind of says my purchase price for option one will be 31000 I'm going to sell it to my investor for forty-one. They're all in after rehabbing and all that. A closing cost is about forty-seven, and they're going to get 13% of their money. Approximate, I'm not guaranteeing or promising anything. Does that make sense? Now, there's another couple ways that you can get, come up with a cash offer, because maybe that's too complicated for you, and I get it. So the simple way is just do the average of the lowest solds. And so what I like to do is in Redfin, let me zoom in, make sure you can see this. This is a property on Redfin. Ignore the last sold price. This was probably a package of a bunch of properties that they bought for four and a half million dollars. I'm going to scroll down and I'm going to click right here on this map, map nearby homes for sale. Now, if you're in Redfin and you don't see that link, sometimes if you click this little icon right here to expand the map, you will see the button there but you want to click map nearby homes for sale. And the reason I like Redfin is because in most markets, they give better data than Zillow does for solds because they're more closely tied to the MLS and the county records. I think Redfin does a much better job with the data than Zillow does. All right, so anyway, when I click that button, it puts that house right in the middle of the map because I'm going to be zooming in and out and I want that property in the middle. And um, right now there's no properties listed for sale there. I could zoom out if I wanted to and I can see here on the right, the properties listed for sale. Now I'm going to go to more filters. I want to look at solds, right? So I'm just going to click house, turn for sale off, solds on, and I'm going to go back a year. I like to get as much data as I can. Click apply filters. Now remember my house that I was looking at was about a thousand square feet. And there's some here that are more, but I'm going to sort this by price. I take this table over here on the right, and I'm going to sort it by price. And you can see, just looking at the square footage here, these are numbers that are all in that, in that ballpark. I'm not going to overanalyze this too much. If you needed to, you could go to more filters and filter by bedrooms. You could filter out some more by square feet and things like that. But I'm just looking for lowest solds. That's all I'm looking for here is lowest solds. So I'm going to take this, sort it by price, and you see all the properties here. And sometimes if you click through here, you can see properties and click through it. This sold just a few weeks ago and looks like it's almost rent ready, right? Paint and carpet. It sold for 44,500. This one sold for 45,000, 45,050. The cool thing about this is these are properties that investors are buying. Now this is telling me this is what investors are paying for, right? You don't need MLS access for this. And a lot of these things are showing up because they're coming from county records. They're not coming from the MLS. This is a good thing, one of the reasons why I like Redfin. You can also get this data from PropStream. I recommend you go check out propstreamjoe.com, which is pretty cool. Maybe I'll share that with you here in a minute. All right, so by the way, also, if you scroll down here, you can typically, not in all markets, but usually you can download all these things into a spreadsheet. And I'm not going to open it up, but you can get all of this table data in a spreadsheet, which is pretty cool. All right. So in my calculator spreadsheet here, I just wrote down the four lowest solds, 42, 50, 57, 58,000. Oh, well, I, I'm zoomed out. So when I was doing this before, if you have too many properties, like 55 maybe is too many, I'm going to zoom in one more time. That's going to give you better comps because those are right down the block in the street in the neighborhood, right? And so here you got 42, 58, 63, 65. All right. So let's look at that 42... 5863. I'm going to pause my video when I put those numbers in. Hold on one second. All right. So I put the lowest four in here and I average them and I multiply that by 80% to get about 45,600. The other thing you can do, remember I talked about that rent times something strategy. So you could take the rent times a multiple, let's say a 55 minus repairs. And I'm going to get an offer, cash offer price of 42. Now I've got three different numbers here, don't I? My ROI method gives me 31,000 cash offer. My average of lowest solds gives 45. And my rent times some kind of multiple is 42. 
This this is common. Every different way that you make come up with offers, you're kind of come up with different numbers. I just like to go with the lowest one. Okay, simple as that. I can if I offer 31 and I sell it for 41, I know that my investor is going to get 13% on their money, which is pretty good. If you want to be, you know, maybe not as conservative, just change your number to maybe 11%. All right, and that if you change that number to 11%, this is going to up your offer to 40,000, which is closer to what this is, which is closer to what that is. Make sense? All right, so that's my cash offer. Just pick one. Don't overthink it, don't overanalyze it. Shoot, just average the three different cash offers you get if you want, right? But just come up with a number. It shouldn't take you longer than a, a minute to do this stuff once once you get the fig once you figure it out and get the hang of it. All right. Seller financing. Listen, I can get you more money if you're willing to owner finance it, right? So maybe I offer to the seller 85 5% of their asking price or what it's worth, 65 grand, let's say. And I'll put 5% down, 5% interest for 10 years. So interest only payments of the balloon in 10 years. And this kind of walks through the numbers here. So you're going to purchase it for 50,000. You're going to need about seven grand in cash at closing. It doesn't mean you have to do the repairs yourself. A lot of times you can sell handyman specials, owner financing, but you know, you're going to need about the seven grand in repairs to, for, to close on the deal. Your annual net rent is going to be about 6,100. Your annual annual debt service is 2,400. Your monthly debt payments is 200. Your annual net cash flow is that. So your monthly net cash flow is $310. Not bad. And that's after management expenses and all those repairs, okay? You know, vacancies, management, maintenance, repairs, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to offer option number two is maybe 10 grand more. So your cash offers 40,000. Your seller financing with interest only payments is going to be 50,650. You're going to put 2,500 down, 5% interest only, monthly payments of 200 a month for 10 years with the balloon in 10 years. So here's the cool thing. If you decide to hold this deal and keep it for yourself, you're going to make your first year 52% cash on cash on your money, which is pretty amazing. Now, double check my numbers, make sure my calculations are correct. You know, I'm not guaranteeing that anything on here is going to be right. So if you bought a property like this, or if you bought that property on Third Street in Tulsa, and you don't make 52% in your money, then it's not my fault. There's something's wrong with the spreadsheet, or I didn't figure in something else. I'm just saying like, don't, you know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Here's a cool thing too. If you sell, if you get it under contract and you sell that contract to another investor, to another landlord, and you sell that contract for 10 grand, that end buyer is going to make 21% cash on cash on their money. Cool. All right. You tell the seller, you know what? I might be able to get you more. I might be able to get you $58,000 with principal only payments, principal only payments. So you offer the seller 97% off of ask price, put 10% down, 0% interest. So that tells you here, your monthly net cash flow is going to be $218, right? But how much equity are you getting principal pay down every month? It's pretty insane, right? So if your purchase price is 58, your down payment is 5,800. And you're going to do, let's say 180 payments. What if you spread it out to 200 monthly payments? Oh, let's do 225 monthly payments. You know, that's 20 years, maybe, I don't know, 17, 18 years. So this is all just negotiable. So you're going to offer the seller as the third option, 58 this, okay, $233 a month. And your ROI the first year is going to be 31%. And the end buyer's ROI is 16%. And I don't even think that is counting. I have to look at my numbers here. That's not even counting your principal pay down that you're getting, okay? So here now is what I'm my whole point in all of this. Now you can give the sellers options. All right, Mr. Seller, I can get you 40,000. 
with cash, close right now. I can do seller financing interest only payments if you want more, 50,000, 51,000, 5% down, 5% interest only payments for 10 years. Or I can give you 58,000. Now, by the way, if there are no repairs, if I do this at zero, that's gonna change all the numbers. And now I can offer the seller close, more closely to what they want, 63,000, because there's no repairs that are needed. Maybe it's rent ready and it's good to go. I don't know, you know? So when you factor in repairs, that's gonna lower your numbers, obviously, right? So if there are no repairs, it's rent ready. You can see now I'm going to offer this seller 44,000, 55,000, 63,000. I'm giving them options, price or terms. Does that make sense? Super powerful. And if you want to be successful in this market going forward, as we transition from a seller's market into a buyer's market, you need to give sellers options. And you may not want to stay in the middle of any deals. I get it, right? That's okay. You can take these contracts, no matter which one they take, and you can wholesale that contract to another investor, to another other landlord who wants to stay in the middle of that deal. Does that make sense? All right, cool. Now, let's look at another example deal, maybe of a nicer house. And this would be something that I might want to offer a lease option on, okay? Now, when you make a cash offer on a nicer property, that's different. There's various methods that I recommend you use. And one is your typical Mayo formula, maximum allowable offer. And you've this has been around for a long, long time. And again, this typically works better for nicer homes that you're going to sell to a rehabber. And the formula is simple, 70% of ARV minus repairs minus your wholesale fee, okay? And when it comes to an ARV, I make it real simple. It's the average of Zillow, Epraisal, Real, RealQuest, or whatever's lower, whatever you want, right? Does that make sense? When it comes to the ARV, just real simple, fast, don't spend too much time looking at this, okay? Now, the average, the other way you could do it again is with the average of the lowest solds. I mean, you want to make sure you take the lowest solds. This works better for properties that need a lot of work. Take the average of the lowest three to five and multiply that by 80%, okay? One thing I forgot to mention, and I think maybe I did, but on the cheaper houses and the nicer houses, you always want to compare your offer to what current properties are actively listed for, right? So on the cheaper houses, for example, if I'm going to make an offer for 44 and I'm going to sell it for 54, well, what are similar properties currently advertising for in that neighborhood, right? What's my competition? So I'm going to try to sell this thing for 54,000. If I go in here to Redfin again, I turn off solds, turn on for sale, click apply filters. There's nothing in there. So I need to zoom out. I zoom out and I sort it by price. Oh, so 58. That's pretty good. I'm going to zoom out one more time to get some more comps. I feel pretty good, right? Because look at this, the lowest price property in this area is 58.9. Looking at the pictures, how much work does it need? Yeah, it needs a little bit of work, right? Only an investor is going to buy this. But if I'm going to offer the seller 45, sell mine for 55, I feel pretty good because I'm below the comps in this neighborhood. This one's for 75, this one's for 84. Does that make sense? It's the same thing with these nicer properties that we're, we're looking at here too as well. All right. So that's my cash price. Probably I prefer the typical Mayo formula. I'm going to give you an example here. Now, I also make lease option offers, and I cover this a lot in my class, my lease options class. So I'm not going to go spend too deep a dive into this. But a sandwich lease option is where you stay in the middle of the deal. There's three profit centers on a sandwich lease option. It's cash now, cash flow, and cash later. And that's really important to understand. You make money now and in the middle with cash flow, and then later when you sell it. You stay in the middle like a sandwich of a lease option. You, set, you lease option it from the seller, and then you stay in the middle and you lease option it to a tenant buyer. So when to determine your option price, it's the as-is value times 85%. 
market rents times 75%. So I want at least 15% equity and at least 25% of the rent for cash flow, right? That's typically the way I like to do it. Usually minimum of five years, I might do three. I might put $1,000 down. And if they owe more than the property's worth, or if they owe too much, you know, maybe give them an option price of whatever the loan balance is going to be in 10 years. Um, as long as there's cash flow, so there's options there. And I'll show you what all that looks like in the calculator here. For a wholesaling lease option, there's just one profit center and that's your assignment fee. This is where you're not going to stay in the middle. You're just going to get it under a lease option contract for whatever price the seller wants within reason. And you're going to sell that lease option contract to a tenant buyer and you're going to be out of the deal. So I can give the seller whatever price they want. It's close to market, current market value. All right. Let me uh, get here. Now, the rent's going to be market rent, usually minimum two years, $10 option consideration, maybe a hundred bucks, you know, I might do a hundred. Um, these are the easiest deals to do, by the way, in this declining market. You've all have seen, I wrote a book on this right here called Wholesaling Lease Options. You can get this uh, for free at WLOaudio.com, WLOaudio.com. Oh, I just, it's right there. <laughs> or you can get my audiobook for a buck 99 at WLOaudio.com. So there's two websites, WLObook and WLO Audio. Um, you can get those right there. Uh, these are really easy deals to do. And I um, kind of show you a little bit here as an example. So here is an example deal. This is a, another property in Tulsa. That's a nicer home, all right? And I'm going to open up my calculator here and show you what I have in this calculator. Again, you have access to this. You're going to just, if you get the mind map, text the word flip to 313131. Go to file, make a copy, or download it as a spreadsheet, all right? This property is in uh, Tulsa. I'm going to click on this Zillow link. Let me just click on these links here. I kind of did some of this work in advance. And so I'm looking at the property at realtor.com, Redfin and RealQuest Express, which these are all free. These are all free valuation tools, okay? All right, so here's this property. This is a property right now listed for rent for 1100 a month. It's a nice home. And uh, I contact the seller. Guess what? It's vacant. This, I love vacant houses, right? Been on the market 35 days. They haven't sold, rented it yet. Maybe they're getting motivated. So a lot of times you're going to find properties listed for rent that used to be an Airbnb or they wanted to sell it, but they couldn't. So now they're renting it out. And I call them and they say, yeah, you know what? I might consider a lease purchase. This is actually listed by a property management company. That's all right. I'm going to call them anyway. I'm going to send a letter to the owner of the property. I get somebody on the phone and I, they say, yeah, we might consider maybe a lease option. I don't know. You know, so I'm going to make them an offer, but I'm going to give them three different options. I'm going to give them a cash offer, sandwich lease option offer, and a wholesaling lease option offer. All right. So it's a nice little home. If I look at ePraisal, I can see that they give it a value of about 166. Zillow is about 173. Redfin is about 181. Realtor.com. I'll look for, hold on, I'll pause this video and I pull it up there. Hold on. All right, realtor.com, give me an estimated value of 175,600 and RealQuest Express or express.realquest.com gives me a value of about 158. So the cool thing now is with this spreadsheet that I have, how do you get the ARV? Um, well, you just average those. That's all I do. I take the Zillow, Epraisal, Redfriend, uh, PropStreamJoe.com is another one I like, realtor.com, RealQuest Express, and I average them. I'm going to get about 171. I also look at the median because the median removes the outliers. Usually there's at least one of them that's really low or ridiculously high. So you can remove those. That's how I determine my ARV. Real simple, real fast. I don't care if they're off, right? Because usually they are. Everybody complains about how off Zillow is, but you know, you're going to get within the ballpark of 10%, right? You pick the ARV. And when I'm making my cash offer, remember your ARV minus times 70% minus repairs, minus your wholesale fee. 70%. The square footage on this thing, I think was about 1800. 
1,500 square feet. Yeah, it's a three bedroom. And uh, there's no repairs because it's ready to go. I'm on a wholesale fee. So I'm going to offer the seller a cash offer of 109,700. And if you also went in and you did the average of the four lowest solds, it'll be, and I did this earlier, I think those numbers are still right. But you know, again, you can do the same thing like I did on the other property, go to Redfin, scroll down to that map. And there it is. Click on map nearby homes for sale. These are active listings here. I'm going to go to more filters, go to house. I'm going to change for sale off, sold on. Let's do last year. Apply filters. 45 is too many. So maybe I change the square footage of the bedrooms and baths, you know, and I can zoom in to get more of them. I sort it by low price and I just take the average of those. And I think what I did before is I, I filtered out the... Um, anything less than three bedrooms. So that's another way you can do it. Just as kind of like a check, right? Now for my sandwich lease option offer, the market rents are about 1100. I want at least 25% of the rent for cash flow, and I want at least 15% equity. So this is going to give me, and I want five years, I'll put $1,000 down. This is going to give me a sandwich lease option offer of 145. I'm going to give to the seller $825 a month in rent. I'm going to put $1,000 down five years. So the seller may, ops, you know, probably is going to reject my cash offer. And this is why I love offering lease options to sellers because this, every wholesaler out there is making these ridiculous low cash offers. How, what, what do you think the seller would rather take? 109 or 170, right? 109 or 145. Now, not many sellers are going to take the sandwich lease option offer either because, you know, obviously it's $25,000, $35,000 less than what they were, you know, could sell it for. But don't forget, I'm offering them the same equity they would get if they sold it to the realtor and the same cash flow they would get if they used a property management company. So it is a fair offer. And on a sandwich lease option offer, I'm going to be responsible for any vacancies and maintenance and repairs. And so it is a good win-win if you present it the right way to a seller. But I also give them the lease option assignment, which is whatever price they want. I know it's worth about 171 today. They say, well, you know, in two years, we'd be willing to sell it for 170. All right, so I'm going to give them an offer. Here we go. Three different options right here. Cash 109 or 110, sandwich lease option 145, and, a whole, and lease option assignment 170. That's how I like to make my offers. Now, these are, if I want to give the seller at one time, three different options. Now, you may have a warm seller, the lead, they're motivated. You may not want to give them the lease option assignment offer. You may only want to give them the sandwich lease option offer because that's where you're going to make the most money, right? So you got to kind of have to, have to play this by ear. If you know they, they owe 165 on this property, well, then don't give them the cash offer or the sandwich lease option offer. Just give them the lease option assignment offer. So this is you know a discussion for another time, but when you're talking to a seller, I'm not coming at it with a predetermined agenda in my mind of what I'm going to offer them. I'm looking for, I'm trying to help them. And if I know they owe too much and the sandwich lease option or the cash offer isn't going to work for them, then I'm not going to offer them that. I'm just going to offer them what I know works. If there is equity, well, I'm going to offer them the sandwich lease option offer. And if they say no to that, then I'm going to offer them the lease option assignment. Does that make sense? All right. So that is all in the mind map. Would you like this mind map to get these calculators? Just text the word flip to 313131. That's all I'm going to share with you now in this video. In the next ones, uh, I'm going to do buyer marketing and follow up old leads. By the way, if you get the mind map and you're watching this video and you're like, oh, well, where is the video for buyer marketing? Or where's the video for following up with old leads? Um, you will find a link to those videos here in the mind map. So this video I'm doing now will actually be linked in here in this mind map. The buyer the marketing video, the follow up video will be in the mind map. So there'll be links to all of that in here as well. So again, text the word flip to 313131 to get the mind map, to get the other videos I'm going to be doing as part of this campaign. And also the big picture, the video I did about the big picture, that link will be in here as well. So I appreciate you guys. I will see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.